a.m. Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Hi, this is Jack Williams. All of us here at EWTN Radio wish you a blessed and joyful Christmas season. As you continue to celebrate the Incarnation, we'd like to share reflections from some of your favorite EWTN Radio personalities as they ponder the question, What is Christmas? Hi, this is Teresa Tamio from Catholic Connection, wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas. Christmas to me, especially now that I'm in my late 50s and my father has passed away, he's been gone for eight years now, Christmas to me is memories. And memories of traditions that we had with my father in our Italian-American household. The first I think about is the fact that my father, and this is one of the gifts that I did not inherit from him, I inherited his speaking voice, but not his singing voice. My father was an amazing vocalist. And every Christmas Eve, he would be at our parish, St. Joan of Arc in the Archdiocese of Detroit, and they would have a pre-Midnight Mass concert. And he always sang several Christmas carols in Italian. I should say, actually, Italian Christmas carols that are sung to this day all over my beloved Italy. And people would come from far and wide in the Archdiocese of Detroit, which is a vast area of some 300 parishes, to hear my father sing these Italian Christmas carols. Every time I hear the beautiful song or hymn, You Descend from the Stars to Scende dalle Stelle, beautiful memories of my father come flooding back. And then there's also the beautiful Italian Christmas traditions that my husband and I, who's also an Italian-American, carry on in terms of what we have for Christmas Eve dinner. It's all about the fish. No meat on Christmas Eve. So now that my father, bless his heart, has been gone, gone to be with the Lord for eight years now, I find that Christmas is about memories and carrying on those traditions. Whatever your traditions are, if you don't have any, make some new ones. Make memories, make traditions. Focus on our Lord and our beautiful Catholic faith. For me, of course, many of my memories surrounding Midnight Mass with that beautiful concert with my father as the lead vocalist, they bring me a lot of comfort and a lot of great joy, tidings of great joy. Buon Natale, Merry Christmas, God bless you. Hi, this is Janet Williams. During this beautiful Christmas season, we would do well to consider the great gift of our salvation and the way in which God has sent His Son to us because He loves us. When we hear those words that come to us from John 3.16, we ought to consider the reality that God wrote those words to us distinctly and individually. No matter what is happening to you in your life at this moment, no matter what joy or what sorrow you might be experiencing, our Lord Jesus Christ, God with us, is there for you. Open your heart wide to receive that grace of the present moment, that the gift of His birth might continue not only to linger in you, but to fire and excite you to a deeper love and appreciation of all of the graces that He brings to us in the good times as well as in the difficult ones. This Christmas, may a new moment in our life of faith begin for us as we draw ever nearer to the One who is the way, the truth, and the life.
I'm Al Crest of Crest in the Afternoon. A few years ago, I heard a sermon, Christmas sermon, by Bruce Thielman, a pastor, and he pointed out that it was odd that in the nativity story, Mary doesn't speak at all. She talked with the angel in Nazareth at the Annunciation, and she sang with her cousin Elizabeth in the hill country of Judah, but in the whole narrative of Christmas, there's no word of Mary recorded. It's almost as though what happened to her was too deep to be encompassed by words. The text just says that she kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. She was caught up in a kind of speechless ecstasy, I suppose, that centered in upon God. And that kind of experience is sadly uncommon in the church today. We spend a lot more time doing rather than being. And our faith is often a very exterior busy thing. It's uh, active, much more commotion than devotion. It seems to me that our expression of our love of God has become much too extroverted, much too external. But eternity is silent. It's only time that's noisy. And speed and noise cut across the history of the human race as signs of weakness. Christmas is the kind of time when the best that we can do is sit back and contemplate the silent Mary who held her man-child to her breast and leaned against the warm, damp earth and pondered everything that happened in her heart. Hello, this is Jeanette DeMello from Register Radio. I have so many memorable Christmas uh, stories. I love Christmas Day. From my earliest memories to my first Mickey Mouse guitar in kindergarten to my first real guitar in third grade and to the years that my family, including my extended family, spent Christmas in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. But the best Christmas, the most memorable Christmas for me, was in Rome during the year, the Jubilee year, year 2000. It rained in St. Peter's Square that year, and as the water from the umbrella of the person sitting in front of me ran into my lap, I remember thinking to myself, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was born in a manger. He alone is our comfort. He alone is our joy. I'm wishing you a very Merry Christmas.
Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani from Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. I wanted to share with you a special Christmas memory I had growing up. My mom loved Christmas. All the decorations, the music, and everything else that surrounded the holiday. But my mom always taught us that the most important display at Christmas was and always will be the nativity scene. Our creche representing the birth of Jesus was so beautiful and imported from Italy. As a small child, I used to love setting it up each year, positioning all the figures and, of course, not having the baby Jesus present until Christmas. Oh, how I waited with anticipation to put Jesus in the manger. When I was about five years old, I convinced my mom to add a nightlight to the nativity set because I didn't want it to be dark for when the baby came. This nativity scene has been in our family for over 50 years. The shepherd boy's arm has been accidentally broken and glued back several times, and there are some missing sheep. But nevertheless, it's still so beautiful and precious to me. My mom suffers from dementia now, but she still lights up when I set up our family nativity set. My mom has since given me the creche to continue the family tradition, along with the strong reminder that, that the nativity scene is the most important thing you can display at Christmas. I didn't have the heart to tell her that I have my own creche at home that I've been displaying for years. But I guess now I'll have two nativity scenes I can put up each year. These wise words from my mom have left a profound impact on me forever. And that is why I wanted to share them with you today. I pray that my story has touched you in some small way and you begin to make the creche the most important symbol of Christmas. This way we can all wait with anticipation at the birth of our Lord and Savior. So if you don't have a nativity set in your home, please make it your first purchase this season and prominently display it in your home to begin your tradition. Many blessings to you and your family this Christmas season from all of us here at EWTN.
your co-host of Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. I want to share a Christmas remembrance to me that is very, very special. Um, Christmas for me has always been just one of the most joyous times of the year. It's about family. It's about friends. It's about the birth of Jesus, of course, and celebrating our faith and trees and lights and gifts and celebrations and all of that. And so many of us, we want to be home. We want to be with the ones that we love uh, for Christmas and during that season of the year. I just remember one time I had a, a friend who had been unjustly accused of a very serious crime. He was very, very innocent, but he uh, he was put in jail. He was put in prison, actually, for about six and a quarter years. And I just thought, he's going to be behind bars for being accused of something he never in a million years would have dreamed of doing. And I can hardly imagine what Christmas is going to be like for him being away from his wife and his kids. And so we were exchanging emails. We wrote a lot of letters. We talked on the phone a lot. And I just got the idea. I thought, you know what? I'm going to surprise him at Christmas. They could have visitors. And so I flew to the part of the country where he was incarcerated. And on Christmas morning, I went there early and I got in line and I got approved to go in and visit him. When they called him out of his cell, the first thought on his mind was, well, who would be here to see me on Christmas Day. And then he shared with me, he thought, you know what? It took him just a few seconds and he thought to himself, I'll bet it's Jerry. And that was such a beautiful thing. He came out, we hugged, we embraced, we cried a lot, we, we had a few hours to spend together. There was another visiting session that afternoon and the following morning. And I don't say this to brag on myself, but maybe just to get you to be thinking about those people who this time of year are not necessarily in the festive mood that many of us are in. They're maybe not with family, friends, loved ones, their spouse, their children, their family. So let's keep them in our, in our thoughts and in our prayers. If you get a chance to go maybe to a nursing home or a hospital or a prison and visit those who don't have anyone to come to them on Christmas time, you'd be doing them a great favor. You would be, you would be being Jesus to them. What a great gift that would be. And I want to wish you and yours a very blessed Christmas season from all of us here at EWTN and Take Two with Jerry and Debbie.
This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, All comfort must be based on discomfort. What's that supposed to mean? It has something to do with the fact that we celebrate Christmas in December. It is the feast in the middle of winter. We are choosing to be joyful at the very moment when the whole material world around us is most sad. Josefa Barrios Onsures, Business and Operations Assistant for the Guadalupe Radio Network. Come, let us adore Him. May the light that came into the world in Bethlehem bring you joy and peace this Christmas and throughout the new year. May God bless you. Richard Lena, GRN Executive Director, and from my family to yours, we wish you and all your loved ones a blessed and very Merry Christmas. May Christ come to you this Christmas with the gift of love, the blessing of hope, and the promise of peace. And may the new year bring joy throughout your family and friends as we celebrate the precious gift of life in the new 2022 year. From all of us here at the Guadalupe Radio Network, may God continue to bless you and God love you.
Hi, I'm Father Shannon Collins of the Fathers of Mercy, and I have the great privilege of being the resident priest at Our Lady of the Angels Monastery and the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament in Hansfield, Alabama. And I welcome you to this beautiful place in which we prepare in a real way for the Christmas season. St. John the Baptist was the great herald of the Messiah. He introduced the coming of the Lord to us to be our Savior, the Word made flesh for us. In a real way, we have to somehow imitate St. John the Baptist, actually ushering in our dear Lord into people's hearts, and ultimately even ushering in the Lord in his second coming. A wonderful group that both sings and plays instruments called the Heralds of the Gospel will be performing uh, many Christmas hymns. In a way, this is a wonderful way to prepare men's hearts for the coming of the Savior, for his visit. And we hope that having heard them, you may invite the good Lord evermore into your heart. When he does knock, asking if there's any room at the inn, you will say yes. And I hope that you'll enjoy the heralds of the gospel. Christmas, 
I think there's one piece in particular, one musical piece that summarizes, that brings together the spirit of Christmas in a most beautiful and total way. And it's a piece that, incredibly enough, a musical piece that has been translated into numerous languages worldwide. Its uh, composition took place, really, you can say, as, as part of an accident. And it took place when, it seems, an organ in a church broke down, and all they had was a guitar, and uh, one of the parishioners in a church, inspired by the uh, snowfall that was coming down on the 24th or the 23rd of December, he saw that, and he became inspired to write a piece of music. And afterwards, he went to the church to present it to the priest for that Christmas Eve, when they weren't going to have an organ. They had another priest present who was going to play uh, the guitar, and they presented Silent Night. Silent Night, which in one way or another expresses in a sublime way that joy of Christmas, that beauty of Christmas, that, that serenity and peace that Christ wanted to share with everyone in the world with his birth. And Silent Night is a piece that we'd like to share with you as well.
Generally speaking, uh, when a person first encounters the heralds of the gospel or they, they, they want to know how to join the heralds of the gospel, what we offer is for that person first to read a little bit more about our spirituality, our charism, the works that we do. Following that, we encourage them to participate in some of the life of community. If they feel that they are called to a life in community, we'd like them to participate in that, in that life. And so they sometimes come on weekends to our community houses, and there they spend time in, uh, in prayer with us, spend time during meals with us, and even spend time evangelizing with us. And in that way, they're able to fully experience the life of the heralds of the gospel and begin to discern whether this is truly something that God is calling them to. And as well, we have uh, many youth programs that exist in all the countries where we exist, in all the homes we organize youth programs, to encourage and to open up the eyes of young people to the wonder of our spiritual life, to the wonder of, uh, of serving the Lord and of being a sign of Christ within the world. And through that, we're able to inspire countless numbers of vocations, vocations to the priesthood, vocations to the religious life, as well as vocations to the heralds of the gospel. And our goal and desire in all of our youth ministry is to open a young person's heart and soul to God. In opening their heart and soul to God and giving them, giving them a little experience of religious life, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and His Blessed Mother, they take care of the rest.
Augustine said, to sing is to pray twice. And truly, we can see that is the way. In our day-to-day -day life, as heirs of the Gospel, we pray the Rosary together, we go to Holy Communion, usually, together. But when we most feel the presence of God, when we most feel that we are pleasing Our Lady, is when we sing. Because that comes from our heart. That comes when we're together, whether those that can sing or those that can't sing, when we get together and look to Our Lady, look to our Lord with that song, we know we forget our surroundings, we forget what's around us, and we feel we're in direct contact with the supernatural, with heavenly things. It's not by chance that they say the angels, when the child Jesus was born, the angels came down and sang. There's something about singing. You can almost imagine that in heaven, we won't speak to each other like we do here on earth. In heaven, the convivium will be so wonderful. We'll sing to each other. We'll sing about Our Lady's praises. We'll sing about the good things the baby Jesus did. Words will not be enough to express all the good, all the graces they gave to us. It'll be necessary to compose new music, to be able to compose new songs, and together beautiful harmonies to praise the glories of God. of the gospel as well, a very special celebration, and really not just within the heralds, around the world, we see that a certain grace touches the world at the time of Christmas. Christmas is a time when somehow throughout the world, even though people may not even be so religious, they're somehow moved by that wonderful event when Christ, when God, came down, became incarnate as a child, and was born and given to us as a little baby. And that time is reflected in the countless numbers of carols of Christmas music that we see 
throughout the world from so many cultures they manifest that awe that that joy that that wonder at seeing Christ being given to us as a child in Bethlehem and we often present music during Christmas to inspire and encourage people to remember that blessed and wonderful event.
We hope you enjoyed this wonderful performance of the Heralds of the Gospel. And I do wish you and all the people of the Shrine, the Most Blessed Sacrament, wish you the most merry and most happy Christmas and a glorious New Year. Merry Christmas from EWTN.
from EWTN Radio. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak from More to Life. God sent his son into the world to be his greatest gift. St. John Paul the Great's Theology of the Body reminds us the best way we can celebrate Christmas is to remember to be inspired by Christ's example and make a gift of ourselves to others. My prescription for a more grace-filled holiday? Step back from all the busyness of the season. Allow yourself to really be with the people you love. Take time to listen, to accompany, to care. This Christmas, make a present of your presence. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak from More to Life. The best way to pray is simply to open our minds and our hearts to God, to allow His presence to begin to fill us, to restore us, to refresh us, to make us new. The best way to pray is simply to be aware of that presence and to say yes to it, to give fiat to that presence as our Blessed Lady did. In that way, we delight in prayer and God Himself delights in us. And now, the EWTN Family Prayer with Father Joseph. Family, a prayer that we pray together is a powerful prayer. So please pray together with me, our EWTN Family Prayer. Today we pray for atheists and agnostics. O Holy Spirit, Spirit of Truth, we worship you. We pray for those who either do not believe or who believe wrongly. Enlighten their minds with your light and inflame their hearts with your love. Give the gift of the faith to atheists and agnostics. Humble their pride and inspire their souls with your grace. Burst through their blindness with your radiance and use EWTN as an instrument of salvation for many. Amen. Hi, I'm Father John Paul Mary, the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal Word, and I would like to wish you, our EWTN family, a very blessed Christmas season. Wishing you a Merry Christmas and a blessed and safe New Year from all of us at EWTN Radio. KATH 910 AM